Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'll be joined by Bob Lowry again. We're going to continue our series on what would Bob do. Today, Bob's going to be riding with you, and you have, you have four inches of rain predicted in your area. And then also, Bob's going to ride with you to do a bid on an Airbnb, and he goes through all, all the things to look for when you are looking to get an Airbnb as a service account. And again, Bob Lowry was on oxygen during this podcast because of his lung disease, so you're going to hear the machine in the background so I hope that doesn't irritate or bother you when you listen to the podcast. And again, Bob Lowry does have some health issues, and I addressed that in the first podcast. If you want to listen to that, you can hear Bob talking about that. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's Referral Program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. Here's another one. You're in an area where it rains a lot and there's four inches of rain predicted the next day. You're out there servicing your pools and... You know the forecast for the week is going to be four inches of water just in one day. What are some of the things you can do to the pool, you know, to prepare for a storm like that? Or if anything, should you, you know, shock the pool or do anything differently? Yeah, I, I think if if you know for sure a storm is going to be coming, you may want to, I don't know, I've heard it both ways. You may want to overfill the pool a little bit so when it rains, it doesn't actually fill the pool anymore. Uh, the water just kind of hits hits and runs off with the rest of it. Um, the other thing is you could lower the pool level and it'll fill it back up. Um, in any case, when it rains, it brings in the uh, nitrous oxide and some of the pollutants that are in the in the atmosphere, and it brings it into the pool. And so we get nitrates and nitrites building up in the water, and they can cause algae blooms and and use huge amounts of chlorine. Um, if you know it's coming, um, if you can uh, put a little extra chlorine in, put you know three or four parts per million extra of chlorine into the pool, um, put in a, a residual, if you will, of, of monopersulfate or, or non-chlorine shock, uh, put that in the pool to kind of uh, do it in advance so that you're not trying to play catch up. Um, it's easier to get rid of things you know, just as a doctor tells you, it's easier to prevent things than it is to cure them after they happen. And so if you if you can know that things like that are going to happen, um, you can maybe prepare for it a little bit by, by increasing uh, the sanitizer and the oxidizer in the pool. Yeah, and if, I think if most pool techs are like me, I'm always looking at the 10-day forecast, like, all the time. We're right. kind of obsessed with weather, so it'd be pretty cool to have, like, a a weather app inside of some of the apps that we use regularly so we know the weather yeah. for the week. I try to get service techs to start partnering a little long, a little better with with the homeowners. 
mm-hmm. with the pool owners. And the reason is that if they're going to have a pool party or they're going to have a bunch of people over or something like that, if if you plan for it and know it's going to happen, it's a lot easier than, you know, you showing up on Monday and they had, you know, over the weekend, they had 40 people get in the pool altogether, you know, and you're trying to say, what the hell happened to this pool? You know, I, there's zero chlorine. There's a lot of chloramines. You know, I got all this stuff in the pool. What the heck happened? You know, and you're trying to catch up and you have no idea that there mm-hmm. was a pool party. So um, if you can partner a little bit with the, with the with the homeowners, it's maybe a little better. Sometimes, you know, when you're switching, if you can't get tabs anymore or you're trying to get away from using tabs because the CYA is building up too much, um, one of the one of the strategies is to leave a little bit of chlorine with the pool owner and have them pour it in in the middle of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's a pretty good strategy. It saves money from every angle because you don't have to buy a liquidator, you don't have to buy a peristaltic pump and and put that in and all of that. You just leave a half a gallon of chlorine with them, and you know, in midweek, just tell them to pour it in the pool. It take five seconds. You know, they don't mm-hmm. need to make any tests. They don't need to do anything. You need to go outside, open the, you know, open the container, pour it in the pool and close it back up. They're done. And that would, and that keeps chlorine in the pool all week long because you don't want to have, you don't want the pool to run out of the, run out of chlorine three days after you're there and no chlorine for three or four days. So. Yeah, good, good point. I think that's an important aspect for to get through the tough times we're having with chem- chemicals. And I think the next season we're going to probably run into a shortage in a, in a similar fashion. I haven't heard anything about the Biodex factory schedule. I know that the last I heard was May 2022. They're going to be back online for the trichlor. But there was another hurricane that hit a few weeks ago. So I'm yes. not even sure if that timeline is still accurate. So I don't know. I think in 2022 we're going to be running into the same chemistry chemical issues we're having in 2021 sure you reminded me as you were talking about that one of the things i i have mentioned to people recently is if they want to save chlorine one of the ways to save chlorine is to to probably keep a higher residual than you've been keeping and people are like what how does that save me any money and the the answer is that that we have been recommending now, I've been recommending for nine years, people use a chlorine level that is a percentage of cyanuric acid. And um, if you if you use a percentage of cyanuric acid, uh, the recommended percentage that we recommend is, is uh, 7.5% of cyanuric acid as the minimum chlorine residual. And if you put borate in the pool, then that 7.5% becomes 5%. So we use 5% of CYA as your chlorine residual. But the advantage is that if you use that amount, you are uh, you probably are, are old school enough to remember what we say is breakpoint chlorination. By using 5% of CYA with borate in the pool, we are at breakpoint all the time or above it. And so as ammonia and and sunblock and saliva and everything else are, are introduced into the pool, they're immediately oxidized because there's enough 
chlorine in the pool to destroy those things. And the problem with keeping a lower residual is that as ammonia and, and other or, uh, organics are introduced into the pool, there's not sufficient chlorine to destroy them. And as a result, chlorine combines with them. And that's where you get combined chlorine and chloramines and nitrates and disinfection byproducts and all those kinds of things. And then you have to put even, even more chlorine in to get rid of them. And if you were keeping a higher residual, they would be destroyed as they are introduced. And think about this. By increasing the chlorine residual, once you attain the new higher level, the chlorine demand in your pool doesn't actually change. People will say, well, I, I can't afford to do that. But the only difference is all you, if you're keeping a chlorine level at one and you decide to keep it at four, the only difference is the increase in the amount of chlorine to go from one to four. Once you get to four, you have the same demand in your pool that you've always had. You know, if you've got three kids getting into the pool every week, you got the same three kids getting in the pool every week. If you got sunlight every day, you got the same sunlight every day. So the demand didn't change. But by keeping a higher residual, all of the organics that are introduced are destroyed as they're introduced. Mm -hmm. And so you don't get the chlorine level low and then start to get combined chlorine and stuff. So it's actually better to keep a higher residual than it is to keep a lower residual. Yeah, that way you're not shocking your pool and adding chlorine to bring and, it back up. And you don't need to weakly shock your pool. You won't need an algicide. You won't need an enzyme. You won't need a phosphate remover. You won't need all those specialty chemicals that cost a lot of money. Yeah, so as an example, if your cyanuric acid was at 80, you would keep, if you had borate, you would keep the free chlorine level at four parts per million. That's right. And this points out the fact that I'm saying that you need four parts per million to keep algae from growing, to keep everything from happening. And the PHTA says the guideline is two to four parts per million. But you can see from what I've just gone through, four parts per million would be fine. Two parts wouldn't be. Mm -hmm. So the guideline's a little bit odd, and that's one of the reasons that we – that we have suggested for almost 10 years that you use a percentage of cyanuric acid as your free chlorine residual. It makes perfect sense. I know we got off track with that one there. Um, yeah. But, let's, let's, uh, but I think it's important for the listener to know that that this is an important factor in any kind of uh, chemistry treatment of the pool. And this kind of leads into the next question anyway, so that it's kind of good that we went over that. So someone, you get a call and they want you to do a bid on an Airbnb rental. There's 20,000 right. gallons of water. How would you bid this Airbnb that you know is going to get heavy use? And we just talked about the free chlorine level that's kind of necessary to prevent algae and problems. So here's the Airbnb and how would you how would you quote service for this? Well, even though this is a residential pool because it's in a residential area and it's, you know, you know, usually a one family, one pool type of thing, because you have it being a rental and multiple families possibly renting it, you really do have a commercial pool. 
this is no longer a residential pool. This is a, a commercial pool, and it needs to be treated like a commercial pool. And you need to keep a, a heavy amount of chlorine in there. You need to, I would, I would say that you, you at least need to have a twice a week service minimum, and you need to make another call every time somebody leaves. And so uh, you may be making a two call a week, and you may be, um, you may be having a third call depending on, you know, how often they rent the house and when somebody leaves. Um, and I think that that's just, and you may, you may even have to do some automation. They may need to put a controller in to try to control the pH and the, and the chlorine level because uh, sometimes these people, you know, they rent to two or three families and they got kids and everything. You got 10 or 15 people getting in the pool in one day, mm-hmm. you know, and the chlorine level goes to zero on day one and they're going to be there for a week, you know, and you're not going to come for two more days because you're going to come uh, twice a week. Um, they could be two days without chlorine. It puts it in the category of being a, a, a commercial pool. And, and, you know, in commercial pools, even in a, a not very busy commercial pool, you need to check the chlorine level daily. Mm-hmm. And in some, and in some pools, you know, hourly or three or four times a day, you know, and you're trying to do it by one or two calls a week. I don't think that's, that's not smart. Somebody's going to get sick in one of those pools and then they're going to start looking at who they're going to sue. And they're going to sue the homeowner, but then they're going to say, hey, I had this pool guy taking care of the pool. It's his fault, you know, yeah. and and it puts you in the position of of being at fault. And and you're trying to treat this as a residential pool. And the Airbnb owner is trying to save some money. He doesn't want to have you to come out there every day, you know, and he's really got a he's really got a commercial pool. And and he's trying to get away with. Uh, you know, paying residential prices. And I'll throw this out there too. In LA County, the commercial pool free chlorine level is 10 parts per million. They'll, they'll allow you to have it up to 10 parts per million. So I don't think it would be a bad idea in the situation to keep that level at a kind of a commercial pool level of chlorine, right? That's right. And I would, you know, I, I don't know that you should keep it at 10, but but I would certainly run it up to 10 mm-hmm. and then let it go back down. But my minimum would still be what I say is the minimum. Yeah. You know, it's 5% of CYA. And if, if you got 50%, 50 CYA uh, at, at 5%, you got two and a half parts per million minimum of chlorine. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, run it up to 10. When it gets down to two and a half, put some more in. And, you know, another strategy that I've talked with trying to figure out what to do with some of these, because the guys are calling me about it. And one of the strategies is not to leave chlorine with at the pool because it's kind of dangerous, but you can leave some monopersulfate or some non-chlorine shock. And one of the best strategies is, is to ask the renters if they will, each time they finish and get out of the pool for the day, if they'll put in two cups or a pound or this jar or something of monopersulfate, just throw it in the pool. And that will at least go a long way towards oxidizing the organics that they brought in for mm-hmm. that day. And, and it doesn't expose them to very dangerous chemicals. 
um, you know, he was going to try to set up in this one pool. He was going to set up uh, a one-pound uh, either jar or bag kind of system where every time at, at the end of the day, they open a bag and throw it in the pool. And, yeah. then he comes, and then he comes twice a week. That's one of the strategies, of course. Um, you know, you start to start to look at feed systems because you're going to need you're going to need at least one part per million of chlorine in the pool every day, just due to sunlight for the most part. And then with bathers and stuff, you may you may need another one part uh, with that many bathers. So you need to get two parts per million of chlorine in the pool every day. So it is possible to set up a, a peristaltic pump, for instance, mm-hmm. and liquid chlorine and feed the equivalent of uh, two parts per million of chlorine in the pool. In a in a 15,000 gallon pool, you're probably looking at feeding about a quart of chlorine a day. And I think this goes back to what you said about communicating with the customer. And, you know, with Airbnb rental, the, I guess, quote unquote, landlord should know that they can add something into the cleaning fee with the Airbnb to cover another pool visit. So educate the the owner of the Airbnb that, look, if someone moves out, I'm going to come back that, that day to make sure the pool is okay for the new residents that come in. And that should be something that you charge them in the cleaning fee, but they should know they can pass that fee on to the people that are going to use their house. Yeah, one of the guys that I talked to said that it, it was kind of a problem because, you know, he's got a route to do and all of a sudden the Airbnb owner calls and said, okay, they just left. I got a new one coming in tomorrow. Can you come out today mm-hmm. and take care of the pool? And and that kind of became a, you know, a problem because he's got travel time, you know, back and forth and and time spent there trying to get the pool ready for the next mm-hmm. one. And it just got to be a, you know, a pretty big hassle. Yeah. And so he tried to talk them into just doing maybe, you know, two or three calls a week mm-hmm. and then setting up some kind of a of a uh, dispensing system for for liquid chlorine. I think it wouldn't be a bad idea for a larger company to have one of their employees that's kind of floating around and maybe advertise as an Airbnb specialist. And then, yeah, sure. I mean, they can make a lot of money doing this kind of service and they can on the spot get someone over there. But I think the, the one polars would have trouble with Airbnb for sure. Um, yeah. Cause we can't drop everything and go over there. It would be very frustrating. Again, to learn more about Bob Lowry and for his uh, certified residential course, you can go to PCTI.online and that'll give you his, that's his actual website. And it'll give you all the materials that he publishes and also the registration for his certified residential course. And you can also find other podcasts that I recorded in this series with Bob by going to my website, swimmingpoolearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon. That'll take you to a menu, and you can just type Bob Lowry in the search box. Then all the podcasts that I recorded with Bob Lowry will pop up there for you. Listen to those at your leisure. I think Bob has some great information to share with you there. And if you're in the industry and you want to enhance your business, definitely check out my coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. You can also learn more about my coaching program on my website, swimmingforlearning.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah!
Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.